Thank you very much for letting me have the opportunity to come and share a few minutes with you. And uh, after this, I'll be talking to the early teens uh, for a few moments as well. You know, one of the devil's biggest, biggest ways in which to discourage people is to help them to somehow doubt. You know, the world's full of a lot of doubt, a lot of skepticism. When I grew up and uh, about your age and a little bit older, there was a saying that a lot of uh, people had, young people, don't trust anyone over 30. <laughs> All right? That was the saying then. Now, that was quite a few years ago. Today, young people have so many things that are thrown at them, so many um, different ways of looking at things that many times even Seventh-day Adventist young people are not sure what is truth and what is it that I ought to really follow. Well, first of all, let me tell you that this word right here is truth. This is what God wants you to follow. This is what God wants you to read. This is what God wants you to embed yourself in. We just had a little promotion in the main auditorium about a series called New Beginnings. Some of you may have heard about it, where you show evangelistic uh, slides and texts from the Bible and all kinds of things. And it's a wonderful series that's been around for about 12 years. Lay members and pastors and others using this New Beginnings. Now they are putting it on a device that will be about half the size of my Bible in this, uh, simply in this dimension, and probably about one-sixth the, the width of the Bible. And people will be able to take that, even plug it into TVs or whatever, and show all kinds of things, fantastic Bible lessons, uh, the Bible itself, spirit of prophecy, all on that little tiny tablet. Now, that is God's word, and that's what's so important. But you know, God's given us a lot of signs today, signs to tell us what is truth and what is not truth, and you've got to know those signs. You've got to look around and see that, well, things are shaking in the political area, not only in our country, but all over the world. Governments can't control things anymore. In the area of natural disasters, they are increasing at a rate beyond anything we have seen. Now, the Bible tells us that these are signs. In the area of society and social influences, where the breakdown of the family, the breakdown of relationships between people, the advancement of things which are opposed to this word to be accepted as political correctness, like same-sex marriages, homosexuality. God's word speaks against that. We need to love the sinner but hate the sin. In the area of ecumenism, now that's a big word, but it means simply trying to bring everybody together religiously so that everybody's focused on one a beautiful objective at the expense of your beliefs. And that is marching ahead. There are all kinds of signs that we can see. Now, you know, in the early 
era of the Israelites, when they came out of Egypt, there were all kinds of signs to tell them that God was leading them. But it didn't take them more than about one or two days sometimes to forget those signs. And what about us today? We see all the signs around us and then we just kind of get used to it. You know the old experiment uh, that you probably heard about, about the frog? You can drop a frog into a boiling pan of water and of course he will jump out. But if you put the frog, and it's I guess simply because of the makeup of a frog, doesn't not a very nice experiment, but you put the frog in a pot of water at a temperate temperature and then you keep turning it up, the frog gets so used to it, the frog will actually simply die because he allows his surroundings to influence his feelings. You know, Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says in the Phillips translation, don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. Now, when we think about the Israelites again, about the signs, what are some of the signs that those Israelites saw as they left Egypt after people had given them all kinds of, of wonderful presents? Just get out of here. We're tired of being killed and having lice and having darkness and having the river, the Nile River, turn to blood. I grew up in Egypt, and I know the importance of the Nile River. They were just fed up with the Israelites. They get out of here. Here are all these presents. And so all these people, probably about a million and a half people, leaving Egypt, leaving the Cairo, Heliopolis area, the Nile Delta, and going down on the west side of the Nile River, because that's where they were led, and then getting into a really difficult situation. Now I want to ask you, and let's just get some feedback from each of you. What were some of the signs, not only as they got to the Red Sea, but after, that should have told them God was leading them and they simply ignored it after about another day or two when they got frustrated, they got hungry, they got thirsty, and they ignored the signs. What are some of the signs? Just, let's just name them off. All kinds of them. Pillar of fire and the cloud. And what was it supposed to do? Perfect. And we're told also that that cloud was an incredible barrier between them and the advancing Egyptian army and didn't allow the Egyptian army to actually attack them until they were all safely through the Red Sea and then the Lord allowed that cloud to disappear and we know exactly what happened. Now that's another sign, isn't it? An obvious sign. When they got to the Red Sea and they didn't have any place to go, what happened? I mean, can you imagine? The Red Sea opening? Now, you know, some people think that it was in an area where uh, the Sea of Reeds, which is not too far from Cairo, and uh, an area where they just kind of walked through waist high. How could you destroy an army in a waist high area? No, it was really the Red Sea. Okay, so that's a sign. Beautiful examples. Other, other points? Manna. Can you imagine stuff falling from the sky and you can eat it? 
And the word manna means what? What is it? Tasted good, but what is it? All right, it's a beautiful sign. Perfect. Exactly. Another miraculous sign. Now, related with water, yes? Perfect. Shoes didn't wear out, clothes didn't wear out. I don't know what they did about style back there, but I mean, they didn't worry about it, right? Everybody was in style because nothing wore out, and that's God's plan anyway. Water from the rock, precisely. Um, beautiful, beautiful miracle. Something else. Anything else? Protected from the snakes, absolutely. Um, when you think about how they were dying, and then God told them, after Moses prepared that snake, the, the brass snake on the cross, look at that and you will live. It's the same thing today, young people. Look to Jesus and you will live. Look and live, ignore and die. The signs, all the signs around us. Um, you remember when there was a big rebellion of Korah and others? And they seemed to get a lot of enthusiasm on the part of people, and they were just really angry at Moses and all of that. And what happened to them? The earth opened up and swallowed them up, including their tents and everything, as I recall. I mean, all these signs all these specific things that were happening, and even while they were in Egypt, the ten plagues that came, the magicians tried to reproduce some of those, but they couldn't on everything. Signs, all kinds of signs. And then, of course, even going into the Promised Land after they wandered around for 40 years. And as soon as the priest's feet touched the water of the Jordan River, what happened? parted, and they walked through. I mean, all kinds of signs. The sign of Jericho, walking around every day, and then seven times on Sabbath, and the walls just came down. Now, you think about all the signs God has given you. You think about the Israelites and how they had all these signs, and yet they complained and complained and turned away from the truth. And what an important thing it is for us today as young people, you as young, a young person. I still kind of think of myself as a young person, but I'm not. But, you know, even those of us in our minds who like to think that we're still pretty active and, you know, wanting to follow the Lord, we need to follow the signs God has given us and not to doubt. One of the biggest challenges you're going to face as young people and are facing in academy, in high school, and as you go especially into higher education, tertiary education, graduate education, is to avoid the tendency to doubt. Because the devil will bring everything he can to make you doubt this marvelous, marvelous, wonderful word of God. If there's anything I can leave with you, it is have complete faith in God's word. Have faith in the spirit of prophecy. Have faith in God's church. Have faith in God himself and keep your eyes focused only upon Christ. I want to leave you with a little, uh, a little uh, uh, quotation from Spirit of Prophecy called 
uh, from a book called Selected Messages, book two. And it says here, I am instructed. That means Ellen White was told by God himself. I'm instructed to say to Seventh-day Adventists the world over, including young people assembled in Cincinnati on this Sabbath, God has called us as a people to be a peculiar treasure unto himself. He has appointed that his church on earth shall stand perfectly united in the spirit and counsel of the Lord of hosts to the end of time. That we are to keep our eyes focused upon him and understand that the signs around us tell us that Jesus is coming soon. There was a chief hunter in a village in Africa. And he was getting old. He needed to retire. And so he looked in the village and he found three promising young men who were really sharp. They were skilled. They had the knowledge to be the chief hunter. Now in some places in the world, people still have to hunt in order to live. And so he gathered these three fellows and he said, let's go into the forest and one of you is going to become the chief hunter but you've got to do exactly as I tell you. Oh, yeah, no problem. We know how to do this. It's not a problem. We're good hunters. When you see the target, when you see the animal that you are going to attack, you must always look at the eye of the animal. Oh, yeah, okay, no problem. So they got into the forest. First hunter, young man, point your gun. You see that bird up there? Now, I don't advocate shooting birds, but that's what they were doing. I want you to wait until I tell you, but I want you to aim at that bird. Oh, yes, sir, no problem. What do you see, young man? I see the eye of the bird. That's great. You've got good eyesight. What else do you see? Well, sir, I see a lot of branches up there. Okay, That's good. You've got a broad vision. You see anything else? Oh, yeah, I see some sky beyond the branches. Young man, put your gun down. Second young man, take your rifle. Point at that bird. What do you see, young man? I see the eye of the bird. Excellent. Like your colleague, you have been able to identify that, but you see some other things. Well, yes, sir, Um, I, I see some leaves up there. Okay, you see anything else? Oh, yeah. I see, I see a little monkey up in the tree. Young man, put your gun down. Third young man. Young man, what do you see? I see the eye of the bird. You've got good eyesight, but you can see a lot more than that. What else do you see? I see the eye of the bird. You've told me that, but you can see more. Tell me what else. I see the eye of the bird. Fire your gun, young man. You are the chief hunter. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on his word. Keep your eyes on the signs around you because Jesus is coming soon. God bless each one. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, Or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.